Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladbroker on all your favorite racing. Download the Ladbroker app today. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Live on SEN Track and streaming on the Live One channel on the Ladbroker app. This is Ladbroke's Autumn Breakfast. That's right. Good morning, wherever you might be, right around Australia. We are jam-packed again on the eve of a huge weekend. Group 1's right around the nation, and you can get involved. There are a couple of ways. 0499 736 736 via the text. If you're listening via SCN Track or the Ladbrokes Live channel right around the nation, Ladbroke it, get the app, gamble responsibly. Huge weekend. Dan Cobby. How you doing, brother? I'm back. You I'm are back. back. It's a miracle. I can't believe I've been welcome back. But uh, I'll tell you what, it's a good show last week, boys. Um, geez, I caught plenty of stick. So it's uh, <laughs> time for revenge this morning, but I'm it's, up and about. And... It, it, so you listened and all watched last week? Uh, watched the replay. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's fair enough. Too, but <laughs> I mean, just, just to so you know, and I don't know if this makes any difference to the revenge you're going to try and serve up today, but Quinny had like another 15 things that we had to cut oh, no. in the ad break. So just, just keep that in mind. <laughs> Hello, you know, and you know what, well, just quickly... I actually got a message from a very, very, very prominent person saying, Cam Luke had your back. Yeah, yeah absolutely he I did. did. Yeah. He did, which is absolutely disappointing. I That's did. why you're sitting next to him. Yep. One of the things they did can, they said it wasn't appropriate. I made a list. I was like, we should have like a reality dating show with racing identities. And the winner gets to date you. You give them a rose at the end, but they, <laughs> they can that one. I have got the list, though, that I prepared just in case we need to go back to it. I was hoping I could borrow uh, Adam's farm so I can go and farm a once a wife, but he won't <laughs> lend it to me. <laughs> 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 I, I tell you what, Quiddy, hello to you. You've had a haircut. You look great. He's looking good, the hair. He looks he? great. He's, yeah. um, he's had a good is that, week. Is that a Joey Scandizo? It's, it's a rock ebony at a different rock ebony. Right. And uh, it's not coloured at the moment, so I'm a little self-conscious. I think the key is to keep it short. Yeah, no, it's partly coloured. No, there's no colour. Well, there might yeah. be like residual colour from the previous. So colour. when you did your black shoes for the races, you ran a bit through the side. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning your trick. You, you know, Can you share your trick. He's had a good week, Quinn. He's up and about because, of course, he, he dropped that infamous Ferrari photo on social media on Saturday. <laughs> and he got some love, so he was feeling good on the weekend. Caused uh, caused untold <laughs> grief at my end with people calling me all sorts of uh, uncomplimentary <laughs> names after that photo. So, um, big seat you're in there. Campbell Brown seat. Yeah, it's massive, isn't couldn't it? We done a, couldn't we have done a live cross to the Noosa Surf Club or wherever the great man is? Well, I believe that he actually might have had to come back early because he spent all his budget bringing an international jockey over for a horse that wasn't going to run in the All-Star Mile. <laughs> a week ago, no, he's not going the All-Star Mile laws of indices. Well, then all of a sudden... It's in and we're bringing over a uh, jock. you just got to hope for uh, Campbell's sake that uh, the visa gets declined so he doesn't have to pay for his flights <laughs> over. Because, well, Ocean will want the private jet. We're looking at, I don't know, from, from where he is, I'd say 350000 US probably. He's going to add a lot it's, to the race, though. Ocean uh, coming. Absolutely. The race, the race needs him I, to come. I, I will tell a story about last year on Oaks Night. Uh, he tried to get into Bar Bambi and he asked Brownie if he could get him in and Brownie said, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, four months later, I, I he's banking on it in a square up, Now the square up. <laughs> I can confirm that happened because the <laughs> most infamous show in this show's history happened the following year. Oh, yes. 
Can you yeah. remember that? No, thing? I can't. We've moved on from uh, that oh, show. Okay. Is that post Oaks Day? Yes. Nah. That was the actual only radio show in the history of the world where we had an ambulance on standby for Nick Quinn and Campbell oh. Brown in the second half of the show. You left, didn't you? You missed the whole segment, which is remarkable. Oh, I just right. had nothing to offer with the topics. <laughs> I thought I'd just stand down and I'll let you gentlemen handle it. 0499736736. Let's get into first things first. On the Ladbrokes Autumn Breakfast, first things first. You can go first, Dan. What do you got for us? Uh, Mickey D. Absolutely flying, isn't he, Mickey D? Um, it's been a... Obviously, he had a, a good few years, and he sort of just went off the boil a little bit, but he's had a great six months, and the way that he's travelling, um, can't see why he can't continue it and, and continue on his ways. Here's the graphic. Um, Metropolitan, that was obviously the first. He then won the mile, which has now been obviously changed name again. Vinery stud sake, see you at four. Australian Guineas, obviously, at 150 to one. Mm -hmm. And then it sort of went a little bit quiet for him, but not only just in Group 1s, but it, it went quiet in terms of his day-to-day -day rides. But the last six months has been incredible. Caulfield Cup, Victoria really Derby, hit you when you see Blue that Diamond, graphic, Australian it? Guineas. Really hit you. Like, that's a super CV. He's flying, literally. You know what he's doing at the moment in between yes. race riding? He's training to be a pilot. Well, uh, Glenn Boss would be teaching him. Oh, how good. Well, I think he's got his... Those jockeys. Oh, chopper licence, I think. Yeah, yeah. Got, just, yeah. just quickly, while you, well, you mentioned Glenn Boss, uh, our man, it... Yeah, later in Bossy's career when it was... It wasn't a gunfire. That, that's way too diminishing of, of some of the race rides he was having. But you just had so much confidence in Glenn Bossy. Like, if you'd never ridden a horse and you're sitting down, you're having the conversation about, hey, we kind of need someone. We don't have a regular jockey. Bossy's going to stand up and deliver in the big moments. Now, I'm not saying Mickey D's there yet, but that's the type of confidence that Connections would have. He rolls in, and in, in all sports, there's athletes who just handle the massive moments. In all sports, and there are plenty of athletes who do not. Mickey D has proven, in particular in the last six months, that he handles the moment as almost as well as any jockey in the country right now in the biggest races. So he's all of a sudden, again, not suggesting he's going to ride less or not be as prominent outside of Group 1s, but he's a guy, he's the first guy you have. If you don't have a regular jockey just sort of umming and ahhing, and there's, of course, plenty of opportunities where there's big Group 1s in Sydney and Melbourne, oh, hang on, Mickey D's going to stand up and deliver. So he, he is, he's proven himself in the last six months, most certainly, that if there's a horse that you need someone or something ridden well, he's your man. It yeah. would be incredible if he won on your horse this Saturday, Espiona. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> Look, we'll Keep your powder dry. Wouldn't Keep that be something? You've got to remember, it's, it's gone back to Sydney, so it's off <laughs> to the dairy farm, all right? <laughs> 0 736 You can always fire up the conversation as well with our first things first on the eve of a big weekend. What do you got, Nicholas? Well, it's been a great race, the Newmarket Handicap, this century. It's also been a graveyard for favourites. We have to go back to Haylist all the way in 2012 to find the last winning favourite. He was a $3.20 market leader. I beg your pardon, three eighty. Since that point in time, we've had moment of change, three twenty second. Samaretti, $4.00 running sixth. Lankin Ruby, $3.00 running sixth. Chautauqua, 2.45 favourite running third. Spieth, a 4.40 favourite running ninth. Merchant Navy, 6.50 running second. Osborne Bulls, 4.20 running second. Exceedance, 3.30 running sixth. Then September Run as a 2.80 favourite ran a lovely tenth. And then we come home with Lost and Running at 4.20 running 14th. I wish I win certainly in that bracket from an SP perspective. And all of a sudden, you might be a little less bullish after looking at those recent statistics. Probably the biggest debate is who runs favourite. Like, the money's trending towards in secret running favourite now ahead of I wish I win because of all the talk about the weights. And that's mm. a big thing. And, and also, three-year-old fillies have actually got a pretty good record in the race. So um, that's... 
probably why they're, they're leaning that way slightly. But, look, it's a good point. I mean, it's a big field. It's as much about luck in running and also getting to the right part on the track. And we discussed that in the lab, which will be up um, any minute. Who are we tipping in the lab? The uh, Wayne C. Very, yeah. very, <laughs> very different. Very differently. Just with in yeah, secret. History would say otherwise. But anyway, that's... Just with in secret now firming into favouritism, I think it's it's the early money's there at the moment in terms of you know your recreational stuff. But I think when the the big players get involved late, it's going to be intriguing to see which way they go because she doesn't come here off the same setup as what she did in the spring. So I'm intrigued to it's, see how. Now that, explain that because it's very different, isn't it? She was rock hard and seasoned in springtime, wasn't she? Um, she's 14 but, back to 12, similar, but she's got a different break. And but I mean, also her, her, her ratings going into it, the racing correct. and sports guys are saying she's rating 8 to 10 below what she was Spot at the on. same time of last yeah. campaign before going into that Coolmore. Yeah. So it looks like it's the same setup, but then you've got the difference in weeks in terms of runs, and then obviously she's not rating as highly. So well, I'm intrigued to see the how they play it. on social media on this race mm. are incredible. Like, some people are massively in the I wish I win corner and others are saying can't possibly win with the weight and where it's going to be in the run. Whereas I reckon you're driving an absolute wedge down the middle with are you for or against in secret having a chance in the race. So it's a great talking race, you've got to say that. My best of the weekend is in the race. We'll get to that a little later on in the show. I do want to ask you about... And is it one of those two? No. Ooh. I, I, I want to talk about I wish I win in the weight, right? So Peter Moody did a very... Fascinating sort of passive-aggressive interview on Racing.com on Monday night after so the he'll be filthy on the weight. Well, he was, he was, and he said for a non-Group One winner, 56 and a half, and he, he kind of alluded to Jeff O'Connor, his racing manager, and oh, we might not run him, which is, of course was just all sort of bluster. The the, the thing I, I wonder about in this situation is, and I don't know if this is the wrong or right way to look at it, but he won a Golden Eagle, right? Which hasn't got Group One status officially, but everybody looks at it as a Group One caliber race, right? Well, it would have to, rated a Group 1 race. That's my point. Race, so traditionally, yeah. handicappers in the past, before these races started bobbing up, didn't sort of take that into consideration. Do you think that handicappers are now looking at that? And, and Moods can say, well, he's never won a Group 1 race. He doesn't deserve 56 and a half. And the handicappers can lead on and say, well, hang on a second. You're right, technically. But he just bolted or didn't bolt. Well, he's won a Group 1 quality race. This is yeah, the point, right? It, now, are you OK with handicappers leaning on that? So what handicapper wouldn't take an Everest performance into an equation that's, that's, as a Group that's, 1 that's the way standard I race? You know? I think what it makes it look worse here is the fact that horses like Rock and Horse and Bella Nipatina are currently, you know, I guess, carrying less weight than him. Mm. But you've got to remember, they've got the two kilo allowance. So they're actually wow, above him. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So that's if you look, people, that's a you very look at, good point. You look at Private Eye, Mar Zoo in front of him, Rock and Horse, Bella Nipatina, what other horses are really going to carry more weight than him? So I just, yeah. Well, I think it's all relative, you know what I mean? of nature yeah. strip. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Being above them Spot and neither of those horses exactly. in the race means we don't have a natural top weight. Yes. Do we? Yeah, exactly. Right. I think that in, uh, in this particular, it is extremely open, right? And you've seen that in the last decade as the statue just go. I think it's a great race. I think it's almost the best race of the Melbourne autumn based on how unpredictable it is. Now, we don't have the absolute creme de la creme top-line sprinters or Nature Strip. You know, they, they, they don't understand why because of the, the handicap conditions. But the very fact is, I think this is the most intriguing, probably best, interesting race of the Melbourne autumn. I think that's fair to say. I don't think it's going to be a vintage new market, but it's a, it's a handy field, it's a competitive field, and it's, um, yeah, it's certainly one of the better races of the autumn.
Yeah, I think if it had, um, uh, to me, the two parts it's missing or the two pieces it's missing from being the next generation is uh, Giga Kick and Uncommon James. I think they're the yeah. two missing from it that would take it to that next level. But, you know, I first things first, I'm going to jump in now because yes. it relates to it. I, I really think that I wish I win could become the next big thing or one of the next big things in racing. So, I mean, if you have a look at the performances off... First campaign for Peter Moody back in the spring, and now you have a look what we've seen, the one performance back in autumn. Um, if I Wish I Win can build off that easily career best performance first up in the Lightning um, and win this, uh, and then... Because I, th I, think, I think we're seeing the versatility and the brilliance of the horse being trained to sprint, but I still think around that 1,400 to 1,600 is going to be the the absolute sweet sweet spot for the horse going ahead. Uh, for people who continually watch this show and it debuted in the spring, and, and, and thank you to all six million of you, the very fact is you mentioned a lot that I wish I win is a huge chance to end up in a Cox play. I'm not sure if you officially tipped it a couple of weeks out, but you said if it wins a two-rack, it'll go to a Cox plate. Peter Moody referenced that in this interview on Racing.com on Monday night. He spoke about where the horse is best positioned and, of course, this particular preparation is, is all about a, a sprinting campaign. But he said, had he won the Turak last year and things had gone a little differently on that day, he would have ended up in a Cox Plate. So do, th these great horses always have flexibility and the ability to be able to be trained to certain distances. I have fully 100% always believed that Black Caviar could have won a Cox Plate had he been able to find a way to keep her sound enough to train her for a 2,000 metre race. And this is yeah. what he can win from, he's running huge in a Group 1 1,000 in the Lightning and can go to 2,000 metres. And he didn't rule out a mile and a half, which but, is amazing. But can he get to 2,000? We haven't I felt that's a year, right? Yeah. Uh, true, but. Well, I, clearly, he, Moody depends he on, I, I think it depends on how the horse is trained. But that's the thing, though, Hammer, is that if he goes out, this, this preparation is all about the sprints, right? Mm. So if he goes whack, 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 or whatever he does in the runs to come, you think that if you've got a gilding like I wish I win, you're going to go to a Cox Plate or you're going to go to an Everest next campaign? Mm. You're going to an Everest. What would you do? You go to Everest? Oh, if you're going to if he's going to perform the next few runs over sprint trips, mm. it's just like it's a it's the a only strike like where he is because he's still young and as as he matures, whether he's going to be as sharp. Because I I, I still think naturally, absolutely naturally, he's. He's more of a middle distance horse because yeah. he relaxes so well early in his race. But I think if you can perform that well first up, thousand metres in a lightning, yes, he's certainly not daring up to the point of of October. You wouldn't have thought. And I think to run out a strong twelve hundred metres at Randwick up the rise and potentially on a rain affected surface, you probably want that fourteen hundred mm. metre horse anyway. So I don't think it's a anyway. That's what I think. I don't think he's a Cox Plate horse. And I um, think his quality's there without doubt. I just don't know if yeah. he's a two thousand metre horse. And I think we've got to. Get this today. We want to just pigeonhole horses yeah. too too early, don't we? Like you think back to, well, before your time, Dan. But some of the horses I fell in love with, like Shaftesbury Avenue, could win over eleven hundred metres in the very best of company, but still still run up to a mile and a half. Look at Mahogany. Know? Look at Tie the Knot. Um, Mahogany this goes on. Exactly. Like Saint, all Saintly the way up to was incredibly versatile as well. The, so. the reason we pigeonhole horses in today's generation yeah. is well, because. The, the riches are so plentiful, right? So the Everest didn't exist 20 years ago, right? So there was always like, well, if you want to win a huge race, be it as a cold or gelding or mare, whatever it was going to be, the very fact is you had to kind of be like, you know what, maybe the Cox Plate is going to be the way we're going to look, even though we may not run out of strong 2000. Now there's a huge amount of options, right? There's a 1,500-metre race for a four-year-old that didn't exist you know, five years ago, so the Cox Plate. So if you were great at 1,200, 
Now you can be like, you know what, let's take a swing at a 1500 metre race worth a bucket load for the four-year-olds against its own age. So that's why we pigeonhole a little bit because the ability to have that argument is there because there's more races at certain distance. Now, my first things first actually does relate to what you were just mentioning, but I just want to quickly before the break say this. Peter Moody might have the most intriguing two horses in the country. I wish I win for the exact reason you just touched on and incentivise. And everyone I hear, everyone I speak to is like, I'm incentivised. And I was like, you know what? He's been away 18 months. That amazing 2021 was incredible. And the horse clearly has a great deal of ability. But if he's able to come back, go to the Queensland winter and replicate what he did two years away from the track, it may be the greatest performance in the history of racing. I'd yeah. be stunned. It'll, it'll be, yeah, look, I, I agree. I totally agree. But it'll be... It'll be super interesting because obviously they've got him to a certain stage a few, a couple of times now and they haven't gone beyond that. And I think it's because it's a kicking to nothing unless they really believe he's going to be able to get back to, to 99% of what he was, aren't they? Because everyone's... The moment he gets... He's slightly disappointing. Everyone's going to say, well, why would you bring him back? Speaking of comebacks, just quickly, Sir Lucan last Saturday, oh, winning first up. What a been performance. Seen what a ride. That was 2021 Melbourne See? Cup. Adrian yeah. Bott, Gay Waterhouse. Yeah, have to tip the cap. Super that is, That's unbelievable. And heavily backed, too. Yes, so. that was spot on. And that's yeah. a perfect example, I guess, to, to be pro incentivised coming back because the last time we seen that horse was in the same time we seen in the same race we seen incentivised. So. Mm. It, it, it can be done, but it is a remarkable training performance. But people don't remember. If they make a comeback and it's not successful, you don't hold it against them. Absolutely look at, not. Look at the mighty Northerly. We remember he came yeah. back for that final campaign, didn't win a race, but we remember him for what he was. But what are we remembering incentivised as? He, he, I can't. I don't know if you the can say the same word. The day I backed him to Moon yeah. and made it, and he ran unplaced. <laughs> but you know, I mean, you can't. I don't think you can say that. We. Oh God, no. That's what I'm saying. No, like, so, what are we remembering about? No. He's a good horse. Yeah, he's Corporate had Cup. one mighty campaign. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I oh, know he's not so, a champion. No, exactly. No, it's fair. I, I think plenty he, of people will tell you though. No, freakish, yeah. freakish ability, mm -hmm. um, and let's hope it's still in the tank. Exactly. First things first for me, and a little bit to what you were speaking about. I wish I win. I, I, I hope. I hope I'm wrong with this. Okay, but I believe Animo will go from here. We'll go to uh, Royal Ascot. We'll have a European campaign, and unfortunately, we won't see him again. Yeah, I think that's the plan. Right? That, is, a that is the plan, right? Moral. Yep. Okay. Cool. We may have, in the last twenty years, the tightest, most open Ladbrokes Cox Plate come October that we've had because there's no right now. There's no. I don't believe there's any horse who we can sit here and say, you know what? Without Animo, who is the best horse in the country, we have got this horse that probably is going to be now. There's going to be a favourite, but I reckon it could be $5 the field. And you could make an argument right now. Now, things change, I get it, but also horses emerge. You can make an argument for eight to ten horses without seeing an international. Maybe the Japanese will be back. They haven't been back since they dominated in 2019. We, we might be, well, I'll be disappointed to lose Animo. I think the Labrox Cox Plate opens itself to unbelievable possibilities. It does look, yeah, it looks really open, doesn't it? I mean, for me, a big question will be if Alligator Blood wins the All-Star Mile, which I personally, I think he will. Um, but there's that, there's a massive query on whether he's going to run 2,000 metres, isn't mm -hmm. there? So, and I wish I win, well, you know, probably more likely not to try and get yep. to 2,000 now because he's been so brilliant this campaign. So. And then, like, does I'm Thunderstruck go to that next level well, and finally... Well, a year later win. as well, though. Right, so thing, at a year, yeah, you yeah. probably... Well, he's at the crossroads, he, isn't he? Yeah. To an extent, because he, like, you're right, he hasn't quite been able to get that Group 1 win in the last five or six runs, but he's ran 
I don't think his prep has been amazing so far this year, but his runs last year were outstanding. You just want to see him ones. savage a line better, don't you? So, like he's there to win all the time. So there's pros and cons for, I can eight to ten horses. Like Legato, who you were huge on this particular yeah. show last year. Now, uh, last week, again... Still got, she's got to be able to come back as a four-year-old mare and do it in the, the high-profile 2,000-metre race. But she just came over here, won an Australian Guineas. And, like, so oh, I think there's legitimately... But she beat attrition ahead. That's the only chink. But yeah. she's very good. I, I agree. But she, she's but very she good. did lift off. She had to exactly. go sideway. Yeah. Like, yeah. she should have no, no, gone spot by on. two. And, and I think 2,000 metres will suit her. To get to a cox plate, she's going to have to lift. But you know Absolutely. what? Right now, she's in the top... She's in five that or six. Like she, yeah, the she Japanese really would be licking their lips. They, I think Even they would a be. state of rest type, which we saw a couple of years ago, because I just don't think that's the thing. Yeah, you're spot on, Quinny. And the other thing is, you, you've got all these international sales. There's quarantine happening right now. Mm. Is that we may have not even seen the Cox Plate winner yet, whether it's even fly in, fly out. Mm. But also the Australian purchased horses from Europe. Um, yeah, we may not we may mm. not have seen. Hey, the, I the think cool. the Cox market. Alan, Alan Kerr's a really interesting horse too, isn't it? Yes. Come, come. Yeah. Congratulations, Quinny, by the way. So, Thank you. Yeah, I've uh, got a good record at doing that. Do, do you think I made the right call with the second selection, Alan Kerr? I, I think that you made the intriguing call. What would you have who, done? Who was gone first? Uh, the second of the Annabelle Nation runners, News Limited. Uh, that way. I, I would. Have, I, I, I think you probably made the correct call. I think Mr. Brightside's going to win right. the race. Yeah. But I, I do think that I like the intrigue attached to it. And I guess the right call or wrong call isn't determined until that race is done. Well, who, right. no, who would you have chosen? Mr. Broadside. Mr. No, Broadside. no, but it was gone. Oh. It was gone out From of the... From the wild uh, card. Oh, it was in the wild card. Is that how you did it? Yeah, I have yeah. no idea how you did it. Okay, there were five wild pounding. cards. Okay, then you made the right call. Pounding. You made the right call. Laws of Indices. Made the right call. Next. My Oberon. Well, you've definitely made the right call. Alan Kerr, which I selected. Yeah. yeah. No, you girl. made the right call. And <laughs> no, no, Fangirl wasn't there. I've gone blank on the other runner. Anyway, Alan Kerr's the right decision. Yeah, um, brings intrigue to the race. Uh, we can often see, the only difference is when I say that is we can often see these internationals perform really well off the plane. But he's not necessarily been in quarantine and is running off the, the, the plane. Horse. He's been here in work at Flemington, so it's not quite the same sort of setup as so to speak. But. Um, no, you've made the right call. Thank you. I, I tried to half allude to it a couple of weeks ago that I had some concerns about the All-Star Mile and the way the field is put together. And I, I, I guess what I was throwing out there around the voting probably needs some tweaking. So, But I haven't 100% been unreally satisfied with what's happened in the last week. And it's a fickle game horse racing. So I'm not necessarily saying it's anyone's fault. But I think that it needs to look at... Like, Fangirl, right, who, who is the next horse that goes in once the scratching... Is so when it goes, but then they're going to be having the conversations with Chris Waller in this particular case, and he's like, oh, "We're probably, we're probably not going to head." I, I don't know how they that do appears. It. I don't know. I know that appears to be the missing piece. It absolutely the consultation. Does. Because, Why does your stable you know, not want to support the race? We, it's it's a little bit like you can you could ask a supermodel out for a date, but that, they're yeah. not necessarily going to take it up, are they? So so you yeah, can't no, just but then you, you speak to horses. her mutual friends to get a bit of an idea. No, so that's when you yeah. go to the situation, you, you don't ask her. Ringing the stable no. and saying, are, "Are you genuinely?" Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Race. It was like, oh, I wish I win was in the race for a long time, but never it was gonna never going to run on the preparation that it yeah. had. So yeah, exactly. got 14,000 votes. Still this, got this is... Yeah, it, look, it's I, I think it. tweaking's right. Yeah. I, th I like the model, mm. but it's just not quite so ideal. So why you did know? you scratch Fangirl? Well, I didn't scratch it, but, uh. but with Fangirl is that if, you, if, if one comes out and the phone call's made, look, you, you're going to potentially be a wild card, and it's like, oh, we've got the option to go there now because you've got to remember she wasn't in the voting. Yep. You can't expect a stable to make a decision on the spot and say, oh, OK, so they temporarily accepted it, 
with the decision still to come in 24 hours. Yep. Within the 24 hours, the decision was made that so, she wasn't. But that's I, a bad look. It that, is. I agree. It is. But, don't, but what I'm saying is, Hammer, no, it's not the no. stable's fault. With a horse, it's, it's, it's how can you make a decision? I agreed. So don't make the announcement. Correct. So, so change the announcements. Yeah. You drip feed yeah. what you have to do and you can make it bigger about the voting and the horses that are in and you, you know are going to be there. And then as you sort of... Because there's a fair bit of wash comes out because you're right, there's the a spickleness of racing. It, look, normally for a Group 1 next Saturday, the acceptances won't be out to say mm. normally Wednesday, potentially for a big one it might be Tuesday. Why do we need to make that announcement yeah. four days ago? We don't need to make the announcement. Yeah, We really don't. You might. You, I think you probably landed on something there. And the other thing is like... We're in a world where you see dual accepted. Yeah. You know, Sydney and Melbourne, Absolutely. they wait till the And we're last trying to finalise the 15, 10 but days out. It's forcing people to make yeah. their decision. And I, I, I think I think legitimately in this situation, it could grow intrigue. The very fact is, if we get... We're still 10 days out, right? And you, you talk about dual nominations and the very fact that we don't know who's running in certain Group 1 races until probably early Monday or Tuesday of the actual week. So if you're doing the back and forth with, again, take, we'll use Chris Waller as an example, over these couple of weeks, still a few weeks out, and he's like, yeah, I'm not really sure. You don't need to announce it. And then the conversations, this is why the Everest is really successful. We essentially talk about it for 12 months. We talk about the horses that may or may not go there. And the All-Star Mile can learn. You don't... Don't spend all your bullets three weeks out that could backfire on you. They could still have two slots. I see We're sitting here today it. saying, we've got to get this horse in for next week. We've got to get that horse, knowing full well they're either in or out. And then the next thing you know, come Monday, announcement, and it, it ramps up. Yeah, and I see why they're doing it, because they've got all the whole owner-ambassador yeah, element. Course, yeah. But I think as far as that goes, you just... You allocate a, a number to the wild cards and the owner ambassadors attached to that, and then the theatre comes over as we do a draw on the you know on the eleventh hour, and yeah. you've got this. But run. why couldn't we have done what we did last Tuesday? This Tuesday, that's it's a good point. Agreed, it's a good point. That's that, that's exactly so. my point. And the thing is, with a race like say the Golden Eagle, for example, is those charities are assigned the week mm. of. Like you don't necessarily know who's running for you four weeks out. So I don't think there needs to you know obviously there's the element to it, Hamo, that it needs to be somewhat done. A little bit early, but I think you can still do it on the Tuesday. Yeah, it still creates know, enough intrigue. And I think RV have, sh have, sh have shown they're not afraid to tweak it. Mm, and yep. I, I think even they would concede it needs a little bit of tweaking for next year. Now, can you remember who ran the trifecta in the race last year? Uh, uh, no. Yes. Yeah, Zaki. Go on. Zaki beat uh, um, Thunderstruck and Streets of Avalon. Correct. And Streets of Avalon was tight. not even in the race. Went around 300 to 1 and got into the prize money. Mm. So they can emerge from nowhere and you still can have those long shots run well, which was terrific because it was a wild card and it was Kiss FM that had the horse initially that was scratched and they got Streets of Avalon. I think their prize winner probably walked away with about 30000 and a great story. Your man, Byron Cook. Yes. One of the great, he's a great ambassador for the race, he's actually. Terrific. He turns up High every energy. year to every event. Yep, gets behind it and yeah. appeals to the non-racing demographic. Yeah, he so he's a great unofficial ambassador this year, Campbell Brown. Yeah. Laws of indices in the field. Anamel doesn't know him. He didn't want to have a bar of Oshin last year. And then yeah. you're going to see the hey. three of them together. Okay, no, well, you will not. There's a little slight complication with oh, that. Oh, no. He 100% continued to tell us on this very show that Laws of indices wasn't going to go to the All-Star Mile. And he's now in the All-Star Mile. But <laughs> it goes one step further. Because we actually all probably seen him last year when Laws of indices ran... In the Cox Plate, he enjoyed that day. In the Ladbrokes Lounge, he was doing his best work later on in the evening. He won't be on track this year at Mooney Valley. Uh, I am doing some Ladbrokes stuff, and I'll be on track. And I said to TCN Track, hey, guys, get Brownie. Brownie's like, yeah, my horse ain't running. I'm going to go. So he will be at the Ascot Vale Hotel. Now, this is why... It's, it's my place. I'm 100 metres from there. 
this is why it's important for the SEN track listeners and the Ladbrokes viewers to know this. Because he has said, he if it wins, he will shout the bar. What well, won't? So he's fine. Though. Agreed. But hey, you know what? Stranger things have happened. No, but you know what? To his to be fair to Brownie, mm-hmm. is that last week. I did make contact with someone prominent in the stable and they said the decision is today. This was last Tuesday. Yes. Or, yeah, Tuesday just gone. It's either Dubai or All-Star Mile. Owners had to vote, make a decision. They went with the All-Star Mile. So Brownie wasn't wrong in the sense that yeah. I think the the week prior it was sort of let's head to Dubai. And, that sort of didn't have and I know that Brownie was the only one who voted Dubai because he had to try and uphold the word <laughs> he made on this particular show. Uh, so Ascot Vale Hotel, All-Star Mile Day. It's only really a stone's throw from Mooney Valley anyway. But if Lords of Indices wins it, Brownie's going to shout you as many beers as you want. All right. Always drink responsibly. Let's get into it. New market time. You're the man, Quinny. What's the market telling us? You touched on the market and the, the openness and the fact that favourites haven't got it done in recent years in this particular race, which means it'll be interesting to see how the market plays. Well, on Sunday, I wish I win was a $2.70 favourite throughout the course of the week. You could have got as much as $6 about in secret. They've certainly switched at the top. In secret, $4.20. I wish I win $4.60. Private Eye, a $7 chance. Lofty Strike, 9 then $13 or better. The rest of the chances don't end there. Cam, who have you got on top in the all, in the new market? I've got the three-year-old. My best bet of the day is, and I have trouble with the name, how about to help me in the lab? Buenos Notches. Buenos Notches. Each he way. practising that in Portugal. Each Very way. Very good. <laughs> Each way. Was that uh, the train station? No. Oh, <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Uh, I, I, I think perfectly weighted. I thought his lightning was really good in a 1,000 metre race. It doesn't necessarily suit as well. He, he has a giga kick form coming out of the spring. I think it, my best of the day is him to run top three. Okay. Really? And what's he placed priced at? $4 yep. the place. There you go. Four, I'd rather take $4 the place than hope that I wish I win... Which is, uh, what, what, 420, yeah, 460 yeah, now, yeah. And In Secret, who hasn't profiled, although I'm an In Secret fan, hasn't profiled as much as and as well as she did going into that cool mall. Interesting race, isn't it? Because there's a lot of intrigue around the three-year-olds and the mares, etc., which we always see with a new market. But I think a horse like Private Eye is third elect. I'm not necessarily saying I'm tipping him, but mm-hmm. we've already basically booked Animo to Royal Ascot. Yep. We've probably booked Gatta. She's just got to get there. I think if he runs top three... He's on the plane. You're worried about the draw because we really mm-hmm. we delved into that in the lab. Like it, two cluttered up in traffic, problem, back sure. third of the field. Yeah. If he had a drawn, if he had a drawn, as I said, 15, I'm not tipping. I'm just saying, if yeah. he runs top he, three, I reckon you can put. If him he in had the a drawn fifteen, I would have backed him. But I'm just worried about getting the luck. He's going to have to go up the inside, and he's going to take off as we know he does. So he's going to have to have an absolute unobstructed run to win the race. If he had a drawn fifteen and been out in the middle of the track and ready to go. I would have probably mm. backed him, although he wouldn't have been at this price. You're right, he's going to need luck and whatnot, but I'm not necessarily saying the fence is off. I think no, that's the fence is off, just there'll be horses yeah, in front for of him. Sure, yeah, but yeah. 12 months ago, we saw you had to be in that clump. Remember, they yeah, just correct. didn't come into it. The race didn't blend and merge like it normally does. Well, so that just won the lining up the fence. Yeah, right? so I, uh, I'm with Private Eye. I just love oh, him at 1,200. Tipping, tipping him on top, each way bet for me. Six starts over the 1,200 metres. Four victories, most recently in the Gilgai over the 1,200 at Flemington. I think of all the horses, you can make a case for and against a lot of them. But for mine, he's the most reliable, safe well, each-way bet. The only con's the gate and getting luck. That's the only con. Use that camera, Quinny. Look down the barrel and say, <laughs> if Private Eye wins, Hody 
Hamo, I want a trip to Royal Ascot. If Private Eye wins next week on this show before Dan Cobby goes to Royal Ascot, I'll read out my wish list. <laughs> All right. Uh, Coolmore, what have you got for the new market? You'll... Yeah, yeah look, I'm, I'm with I wish I win, but I just wanted to pose, like, has Star Patrol become a bit forgotten in the whole equation here? Absolutely flies down the straight. Well, I think three starts, two wins and a second or third. So um, flies down the straight, willing to forgive last start. Um, Terrific at Sandown. Yeah, if absolutely. He, um, this time last year, he was failing barrier trials going the other way in Sydney. He come down and just been a revelation for the stable. And if he can win a new market, hats off to the stable. It'd be a big ask, though, wouldn't it? In oh, terms of the, the progression that he's made in a short yeah, time. I'm just going to have something on him because yeah. I think he's I think he's out to really good odds. Twenty six yeah. bucks with the odds surge and five fifty the place. So yeah, there you go. It's not a bad bet. No, no. Spot on. And if you're, stable's if you're, had success in that race. If you're a quaddy guy or girl, the best advice I can give you via the quaddy app and SEN track. Have about eight or ten in it because this is what traditionally happens. You have, well, and there's, as there's Cody said, the favourites yeah. don't win this. Absolutely. Race. So I, I think go wider in a quaddy in the new market. Right, September runs classic. forgotten. Yeah. Absolutely. Was brilliant was in, the in this race two years ago. Yeah. Was brilliant in the Lightning. Two dollars. She was good. She just ridden that little bit close. Yeah. Not, not critical of the ride. It was just under the circumstances, and she just sort of she got there and then peaked late. But she'll improve. Yeah, she'll improve second up. All right, Coolmore Classic, the Group Ones for the Phillies and Mares in Sydney. Talk what to a, me. What a fascinating it? race it is, the Coolmore Classic, because who's favourite? Like a, a generation ago, the champions ran in this mm. race. Yeah. Remember, Emancipation three-year-old filly carried sixty or something yeah. and beat the beat the older. Hammer, Hammer, because he mentioned her four times <laughs> just that in the lab. Well, because. Well. She's, but she she's, was, yeah. before, she was before the wave of yep. mares of this generation. She was the champion mare to me in the in the game, the the great grey mare. So, um, but but in recent years, it's been second tier mares that have been winning it. Well, like, there's not a lot of big names it is, lately. It is this year as well, right? I mean, yeah, this is no knock whatsoever honest. on Ana Visto, but she's favourite for the Coolmore. It is six bucks a field. I know, but what I mean yeah. is like that's a. As I said, I'm not knocking her. I'm just saying that's probably the that probably tells you the quality of the race this year. Now, yeah. what about this though? If Anavisto wins, Michael Kent Jr. Mm. He's flown up there with a bunch of the owners. The owners, a group of ex Essendon footballers, and the strapper of this horse, Anavisto, loves Anavisto so much. She's got a tattoo. He was telling me just says love Anavisto. They've all agreed. The horse wins. Bang! Straight to the local tattoo pile. They're all going to get the same tattoo and fly back. So Tommy Bell Chambers, very handsome man, who looks slightly less handsome with an I love Anavisto tattoo, well, which you will get tomorrow night. Does that include Tim Watson? Of course, SEN's own Tim Watson, because he's in the ownership as well. Then yes. Okay. They're all doing it. They're all doing it. So it's all in. Back. All in. One for all. All is, for one. Is there any major money for anything? Yeah, Espiona. Could be an M word. Yeah, there has there has been a I lot. I didn't know of, you uh, could lay on bet on uh, lad Brooks. <laughs> there has been a lot of a uh, lot of support. Yeah. I bought thirteen into nine dollars. Yeah, something. now eight fifty. She's got fifty one. Michael D in the saddle. Start. She was. She, I know she goes back to Sydney, but she's flying. She's Anna Visto from the Good Draw. Be a little more bullish. What they a do. A lot of money gate. for Russian Dame too. Going to get back, but just be very really strong start. late. Yeah, was yeah. huge. And I think if you're looking through that form line, obviously, um, Zoo Gotcha was, she was favourite, I think. Um, she's not she's not in the race. And obviously comes through the same form line. In circuits, now favourite for the new market. So there's plenty of form around that. Hope horse. in your heart's an interesting runner. Mm, good horse. Very good horse. Good first up. Yeah. I reckon it'll run a booming race. And it's been, for a long while, she was plagued by, by wet tracks. And I think she's had to get her confidence back. Is yearning. So hit the line nicely in between runners without much room. Yep. 
from a long way back last time. I know she's got a lift on it, but I just think this might have been their, their grand final. It could be campaign. some sort of training comeback, or not training comeback, but a training performance to get her to come back because obviously she won the guineas you know, mm. as a three-year-old. It's, and looked like being a star. Correct. But she's I been think the wet tracks just yep. really slaughtered her yep. confidence. And, and, and it slaughtered a lot of horses' mm. confidence, like Espiona. Yeah. I, I think that also <laughs> the, the very fact we touched on it being a very open race, it is no out-and-out no, superstar heading into it. It allows horses like that the the dare to believe that it can get some confidence back and win another Group One, and she'd be a you know dual Group One winning brood. And what a great opportunity for you know the breeders and the owners absolutely to, to, to get this black type. Well, I mean, most of these have got black type anyway, but to, to get a Group One next to your name or even a Group One placing, it's a great opportunity to do it because it is an open race. Nine dollars fifty for the Kiwi Philly Legato. So. Have a little play on those. Attrition moves up, takes the lead from elliptical Japanese Emperor. Bankmore and Jackano late. Japanese Emperor and Attrition stride for stride. Attrition just in front. The Philly Legato is driving at them and got up. The Philly, the Kiwi Legato. Say so you weren't warned, of course. He has extremely extensive, deep and meaningful links to New Zealand as our man Hamo. And you were taking calls. You said it on this show, not just in that clip, but all morning you said... They continually say this filly is special, and she was voluntarily over there. Yeah, freakish talent. Um, should have won by a lot bigger margin too, rather than having to go sideways. But um, look, he's, he's, we'll... he's making excuses for a ten dollars winner, Hammer. We... I like <laughs> hey, to be fair, we'll on radio that morning, get one right. Hey, but... at that morning it was fifteen dollars yeah. over on radio. Remember? Was it? Yeah, yeah right. That dead set when we were on radio. Yeah. Fifteen dollars. Um, but you found Artorias and strongly and very strongly. I think he Oops. found oh. Zach. Oh, he's two out of three. Yeah, he, yeah. he found Zach. Ladbrokes which should pay out early. Is Eleven dollars for three or Eleven dollars yeah. for three. Yeah, and he's got two in got two an hour and a half. And he's back. <laughs> so. in, he's back in a couple of weeks' time. I did, mate. So what's going to happen? What's going to happen there? Is he going to move back? Is he going to say by the end of the month? Isn't he? What is? I think oh, April one was uh, what he put on the record after Saturday. To sort so that's of say, April hey, Fool's Day. So we decision. can't take it seriously. Well, it's interesting. I did find that interesting <laughs> to see if he was setting up some type of sort of. Exactly. I don't know Zach Bird at all. If he's a practical joker, yeah. I actually <laughs> did cross my mind that he's going to roll with something. But regardless if he's back here full time or not, there's clear, as you alluded to a couple of weeks ago on this show, there's a more open corridor right now, and he's going to be in Australia. A little more than he has. So our man Bossy has done a, an in-depth sit-down with Zach Burton, and it'll come out, and I've got no doubt they'll talk about that. I'm not saying you'll get a definitive answer, no. but some of the stuff he goes into around the 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 mind games rivalry with Dougie White, Douglas White over there, is sensational. He he, he doesn't sugarcoat anything. And now rides for does he? now rides for him. Yeah, which well, is extraordinary. Yeah, not, not but he used to bail him up in the car park and say, "Mate, what are you doing here? Like, yeah. <laughs> this is a proper meeting. You shouldn't be here." Yeah. <laughs> Incredible, isn't it? And um, just on the topic, I mean, it's going to be interesting because if Zach does come home, who's going up? And realistically, Hong Kong needs another superstar to go up because when you take away Marrera going, Jay Carr? well. Or does Blake Shin go back? Well, look, all I'll say about... I don't know, but all I'll say is that it's probably a little bit challenging for Jamie currently because she wants to stay and she's flying here and it might be something later down the track. But the Hong Kong Jockey Club don't... Uh, they rarely licence someone for a meeting that's not, you know, a Group 1 meeting. And she's being licensed for next Wednesday mm. night as well. Right. How hard is it logistically so, to get back and forth from... No, it's easy. Melbourne. So how, how would you I do mean, it? you can finish a race meeting on a Sunday... And get on a ten o'clock flight that night, and you, you arrive at seven a.m. back here in But Melbourne. you can't do anything when you're there, can you? Because they've still got the you got to stay basically in the, well, in if, the quarantine type situation. I think it's you? a little bit open now, but it's it's not like Japan where you're sort of getting 
locked into a compound, say, two days out. So it's not like that, but that's for the fly-in, fly-out visits. Yeah. I just don't know how long... Obviously, Hong Kong need the superstars to get there, but, I mean, they're not just going to let free reign happen between J-Mac and Jamie for just mm. random meetings. It needs to be for the big So meetings. would they have as much of a premium on a superstar female jockey as we do over here? Without doubt. Because, I mean, they would. Yeah. OK. Yeah, there without doubt. And not just I'll a superstar really female, but, but... And sometimes you can't pick your own timing. No, sometimes exactly. Sometimes you've got yeah, to take yeah, an spot opportunity. On. No, you're right. There, yeah. you know? But it, I think it's just a great talking point because if Zach does come home... Hong Kong's already lost Marrera. They were fortunate enough to just get Bowman at the right time in his career to go up there. They need another superstar because, realistically, the way things have happened in the last four or five years, through COVID and other things, you've got to remember they had the, the problems over there politically as well. So they've lost a lot of great riders. So it's sort of... It's, it's game on for them in the next six months. If Zach does come home, they realistically need a, a mega superstar to go there. Big weekend ahead. Let's get into our best bets. On the Ladbrokes Autumn Breakfast, best bets... Quinny's got 13 of them, so uh, Nicholas, you can uh, take the new pill. <laughs> Look, the plan is a graphic made up yeah. of Quinny's, don't we? Doesn't yeah. fit, doesn't fit so people screen. can go, oh, hang on, hang on, I'll take a photo of that because I can't listen to them all. <laughs> I don't tip favourites. They're favourites because I tip them, and that will be the case in the first <laughs> two races at Flemington. We bounce the ball with race one, number four, Shockamova. Won his first two starts, tipped out from a spell, put the riding on the wall with a fast finishing second at the Valley tomorrow, uh, last time out, and should get the job done tomorrow. Very keen on race two, number six. Burst onto the scene with a four-length length win at Geelong. We'll hopefully make it two from two tomorrow. And I've got two each way. Race seven, number one, Private Eye. And also a filly. And the filly called Tis Invincible will either race in the Magic Night, which is race four at Rose Hill, or the Black Opal, which is race eight at Canberra on Sunday. So she'll win either, whatever race she goes to. Correct. All right, Hammer. Okay. Uh, well, I've only got one, so and that's uh, on going with Scalopini. So um, I just loves a track, distance, gone to another level, like just about every horse in the O'Day Hoisted Stable. I've got a crush on that team. They do a super job. They're going to be a major force, and and because you'll be running the Labrokes Racing Club, like aren't they the ideal partners up in Queensland? The way they're going. Oh, they or? may be. They may be. But like most the man, like most <laughs> announcements on this show, they tend to come out three or four weeks before they should. What do you like from a Well, believe it or not, uh, Zoo Gotcha was the best bet, a dollar seventy-five. She's now into a dollar fifty-five, and I'm not. Going to back her at $1.55. But I think if you're declaring an M for the, the weekend or a banker, Zoo got your in the far lap in Sydney. I'm going to play the best as... <laughs> you've got me, haven't you? Well, your yeah. best bet is your followers. I'm not going to back it, though. No, no, what I'm saying, it's the best bet, but I think use it as your, your banker and anchors and whatnot. Uh, I'm going to say the best bet... Uh, in terms of price and value is Vaughan Declare in Melbourne. And I'm keen to play Gambari at a value perspective in the size produce. And, of course, just for Hammer... Espiana and the Gulmore. Oh, <laughs> Cuddy, you had to throw it in. Love it. Of course, the Buenos and Notches for me each way in the new market. Nearly. Crystal Ball. Let's do it. On the Ladbrokes Autumn Breakfast, Crystal Ball. Hamo, you got a, uh, we get the rest of the season off apparently, but I no, dare no, say I'll, you'll I'll, be back. I'll so be hit back. us up. I just, I just won't be here next week. Yep. So, um, so look, I, I thought we'd just have a, a quick look ahead to the feature races coming up because I won't be here. So, all-star mile for me, Alligator Blood. Uh, slipper, I'm going learn to fly. I just think ridden upside down, um, ridden more conservatively will be very hard to beat. TJ, I'm going giga kick, but uncommon James Brackett if it runs. Is and that crush? Um, Alan Kerr for 
the Australian Cup. I think it'll run really well in the ASM, but I think 2,000 metres Australian Cup. Uh, uh, Quinny, you got a, a crystal ball? Yeah, for mine, this tis invincible. This trial was simply spectacular. So she's in the Magic Knight and she's in the Black Oval. She'll win that. She's nominated for a few feature races. Won't back up in the Golden Slipper. Keep an eye on her for the English size and the Percy Stikes. For mine, the Rose Hill Guineas, Pericles, the one to beat in the Australian Cup, the Melbourne Cup winner in Gold Trip. She looks a great bet uh, in the Percy Sykes, so that's going to be exciting for the championships. Quick crystal ball for me, Espiona to have bought the, the milk sponsorship. Oh. And the other one is an Australian <laughs> to head to Hong Kong in the next few months. Oh, trainer Ooh. or jockey? Ooh. Trainer, that is. Sh trainer. Sydney trainer. Prominent trainer. Well, you told in us Sydney? in the ad break who it was. Yeah. So. What oh. state? <laughs> Sydney, but it's prominent. Okay, very prominent. prominent Sydney. Gay Waterhouse, that'd be that'd oh. really rock the news. Oh. Um, for me, I, I think non-conformist is stupid odds in the Australian Cup. Still get $9. Gold Trip won't go there. It'll be in Sydney. Yeah, <laughs> Back non-conformist, responsibly, of course, in the Australian Cup, because in a couple of weeks' time, we'll bolt in. Um, Hell of a show. Got 10 seconds left. I don't know what to say now. Can you give him a yeah. clip about his upper yeah, management gig? Ah, no, Just no, get no. me that farm, would you? <laughs> it's, it's, it's exciting times. Let's get to Hamo's Ferrari and take some photos. We'll see you next week. <laughs>